0: This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode number 40. Oh my god, it's a middle-aged podcast. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now, your host, Kristen Trumpy. Hey, thanks for checking out the Positive Psychology Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about emotional intelligence. And unlike lots of other topics, you probably have heard about this one. But I found that once I started reading a little bit more, digging a bit deeper, there was quite a bit I didn't know about it. And I thought, well, maybe that's the same with you. So before we start, I would like you to take a moment and think about your own life, not in a general way. I'm going to give you some guidance. So here are a couple of questions. In what situation did you identify and manage your own and somebody else's emotions well in the last few weeks? What emotions were concerned? How did you manage your emotions? How did you manage someone else's emotions? And now think about a situation that didn't go all that well. What skills did you you wish you would have had at that moment? Just think about this. You can pause the audio if you want to and give it some real thought. And this should just set you up all right so we can, you know, so that all the theories that I discuss are not just, you know, dry, but that they actually have something to do with your life. So hopefully some of the inputs you will receive today will give you some ideas on what to implement and where and how to start now first off what is emotional intelligence well some view emotional intelligence as a set of traits which help perceive understand and manage emotions others see it as a skill set a skill set that can be trained it is made up of what is called intrapersonal intelligence which is the ability to understand and manage your own emotions and interpersonal Intelligence, which is about dealing with emotions within relationships. Now, just to give you a little bit of context, um, past relationships with parents, peers, and other people close to us are the basis for learning the rules for recognizing, understanding, and managing emotions. And based on these experiences, we develop inner models which we use to make predictions about ourselves and other people's emotional lives. Now, if you are aware, of emotions, you can react to them. If you understand the consequences of emotions, you can make predictions and be better prepared for what's to come. Before we dig into the models themselves, let's talk about some findings that, you know, science has made, psychologists have made. So first of all, emotional intelligence is partially heritable, but it can be improved with training. So that means even though you made a may have received, you know, some genetic boundaries, so to speak, and some people are, you know, just, you know, even from birth, better at identifying other people's emotions than others, there's still a lot of room for improvement. And what I find particularly interesting is that there is often this notion that You know, to make good decisions, you have to be really cold and rational. Well, actually, science found the opposite. So effective decision-making is not possible in complex situations where little factual information is available, unless we are guided by what's called anticipatory emotional responses. And basically, that means that your gut has decided before your brain what's going on. And research has found that people who don't have this anticipatory emotional responses because of brain damage, cannot access the emotions that they would otherwise feel without the brain damage, and they make terrible decisions. And... Therefore, we really need to think about and rethink this idea that emotions have a bad influence on thinking. Now, of course, if something infuriates you and then, you know, you're full of rage, of course, that's not the moment to really go and make, you know, the best decisions ever. However, the point of this is that the ability to feel emotions leads to thoughts that we otherwise wouldn't have. So that's the whole point. Now... The better we are at emotional processing, the less brain activity we need to reach the same results. That's also something that they found. And higher emotional intelligence is related to better mental, physical, and psychological health. Now, this is one for those who are interested in relationships, marriage, friendships, and all of that. Relationship quality can be improved if we are able to understand and regulate our own emotions and those of others. And the more emotionally intelligent both partners are in a couple, the higher relationship satisfaction is. So that's why you should really listen to this podcast, this particular episode, especially. So last but not least, let's mention something about jobs, people in jobs, which involve lots of complex interactions, such as salespeople, leaders, teachers, they benefit the most from high emotional intelligence. So, you know, if you are a truck driver sitting alone by yourself driving all day, you might not benefit as much from improving your emotional intelligence than if you are a manager and have to talk to people all day. Now, I'll go into two models of emotional intelligence. And the reason I talk about models in some depth is, is that I think knowing the puzzle pieces makes it much more manageable to understand emotional intelligence and to change accordingly. And really, don't feel like you should remember all the parts of each model. Just pick out the bits that sound interesting to you and forget everything else. Now first off is the ability model, which is basically the idea that you can improve your emotional intelligence by doing some training. Now, the ability model is made out of four different skills. So there's perceiving emotions, using emotions to trigger thinking, understanding emotions, and managing emotions. So if you think about your own life, it's not just about, well, are you emotionally intelligent or not? Maybe you're really good at understanding emotions but you find it very hard to detect them in the first place. So maybe you don't notice the small facial expressions that people make. So the part about perceiving emotion is hard for you. But once you're pretty sure what's going on, you might be very good at you know managing emotions or understanding them. So let's go into, into just a little bit of information about what these things are. Well, Basically, perceiving emotions is really about understanding emotions in yourself and others. And distinguish between real and fake emotions not an easy task even if you've done it all your life i can tell you that so using emotions to trigger thinking now this is kind of related to what i said before about emotions informing our ability to think and make decisions now when you feel an emotion when you access and generate feelings these feelings lead to thoughts And all of it is really interdependent. So for example, if you feel happy, you will be, your interpretations of what's going on around you, of what people are doing, of what's going on in your own head will be more positive. And when you're angry, on the other hand, your interpretations will be more threat oriented. So you will interpret everything as in, oh, they're doing this to annoy me or to bother me or something like that. Whereas when you're happy, you have very different thoughts. Now, this is actually quite powerful because it has been shown that people with mood swings are often better at understanding different perspectives. And why is that? It's because they might feel happy, then they feel sad. Um, and, and maybe then they feel a little bit angry, but each of these emotions triggers different thoughts. So if you're thinking about the same issue, and you kind of have like three different emotional perspectives to target this issue from, you kind of can think of it in a more wholesome way than if you're just always feeling, you know, pretty good or pretty okay, pretty neutral about it. You basically just approach the issue from one perspective. When it comes to understanding emotions, it means that we understand how emotions are related, how emotions change, that we can have several emotions at once, and that these emotions can even contradict each other. Managing emotions means we are able to feel positive and negative emotions, reflect on emotions, prolong or shorten them, regulate expression and react to other people's emotions thoughtfully. So how does this affect you? How are you perceiving emotions I- in yourself and others? Do your emotions inform your thinking or do you believe you have to kind of separate your emotions to think properly? Do you understand how emotions interact? What about reflecting and relate, um, sorry, regulating your own emotions? Now that was one model, all right? The ability model. Now, the next one is called the social and emotional intelligence model. And this model is made out of five different aspects or features, so to speak. The first is the intrapersonal. We've heard that before. That's your emotional world. The second is the interpersonal. The third is stress management. The fourth is adaptability. And the final one is mood. So the intrapersonal part is made out of lots of subparts. So this is all about self-regard, which means you understand and accept and respect yourself. That's an important one. Emotional self-awareness, recognize and understand your own emotions. Assertiveness, express thoughts, beliefs, feelings confidently against opposition independence, self-directed thinking and behavior, as well as freedom from emotional dependency. Then there's self-actualization, the ability to achieve goals you set yourself and use your potential. Again, you can ask yourself, it's not just about, well, maybe you are, you know, you feel like, well, I don't really know a lot about my emotional world. But actually, You have quite a lot of self-respect, and you basically understand and accept yourself, but maybe you're just not emotionally self-aware, or you need to work a little bit on your assertiveness and independence, but you're actually doing quite fine with, you know, achieving your goals. So this is really the whole point of me listing all these things, and it's a lot of lists, right, is really to give you the chance to kind of think of each of these things and think like, well... Does any of these concepts interest me? Am I interested in improving my self-regard or my independence? And then you kind of know where to look as opposed to just being like, oh, my emotional intelligence just sucks or is great. You know, that's not very qualified statement to make. Now, when it comes to the interpersonal, which is the emotions in relationships, it's really a lot about empathy, social responsibility, The ability to manage relationships, which means we can make and maintain emotionally close and intimate relationships. And intimate, by the way, is not always necessarily as a partner or couple. There are also intimate friendships, um, stuff like that. So what's easier for you? The intrapersonal, you know, your own emotional word, or the interpersonal? Which one is it? Now, when it comes to stress management, there are two different things that come, you know, underneath that header. The first is stress tolerance, the ability to withstand the challenges without falling apart. And if you're interested in stress tolerance, it's actually very similar to resiliency and I covered resiliency in episode 35. So if you're interested in how to become more resistant to stress, check out episode 35 and impulse control. When it comes to adaptability, it's really about problem solving. That, I think, is pretty self-evident. What it is, then reality testing. This is an interesting one. The ability to evaluate differences between your experience and outside situations. So to be able to do that, you kind of have to consider the thought that maybe reality is not exactly the same thing as you think it is. And finally, flexibility, which is the ability to change your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors according to the situation you're in. So, do you test reality? How flexible are you? What's up with that? And finally, mood. Mood is really about maintaining happiness, which is really about the ability to enjoy, to have fun, express positive feelings, and be satisfied with life and optimism, which we covered in episode number nine, in case you're interested. Now, how can you improve your emotional intelligence? Well, as you've seen, emotional intelligence is made up of a lot of different skills. And I hope that rather than feeling overwhelmed, you will be able to kind of, or you have been able to kind of identify a couple of the puzzle pieces you find interesting and that you might want to focus on. Now, one thing that's always good is self-monitoring. So... That would be like, you know, just take notes about activities that lead to change in your mood and your emotional life. What are the beliefs that lead to the change in your mood? and what actions did you or others take and what were the consequences of those actions and i'm sure that if you're maybe not already very emotionally self-aware if you just do this for maybe two or three weeks just occasionally jot down what happened what changed your mood what had an impact on your emotional life i'm pretty sure that you know as time goes by you will become more conscious of it and you don't even have to write it down all the time and Another thing is regulating emotional behaviors. Now, we do this all the time. And actually, in fact, you know, babies, you know, fresh babies, just, you know, fresh off the stork or something, they start doing this as well. And they have their mechanisms to do this. And we develop them throughout our whole life. So... There are There's obviously tons of stuff you could do depending on what you are interested in developing. However, when it comes to regulation, regulating emotional behaviors, here are a couple that I picked out. So increase your self-soothing mechanisms. So as a baby, the first self-soothing thing we do is basically stick a thumb in our mouth or probably almost anything in our mouth. Um, as we grow up, we tend to do a little bit less of that. And we might start taking a deep breath or touching, you know, the arm gently or something like that. So that can be something that the more self-soothing techniques you have and you the thing is you kind of want to have these tools before you're in distress. So if you're able to kind of develop these tools and then be, they'll be available to you when something difficult happens. Then what are your distancing strategies? Do you ignore stuff or do you use humor? Again, here you can kind of develop more than one strategy so that if maybe humor is inappropriate, you have an other way of kind of protecting yourself should you feel the need to distance yourself from a situation emotionally. Then observe how people who you think are emotionally intelligent deal with different situations and just take notes, you know, I mean, mental notes, not actual notes. Although, of course, I love writing. So if you feel like writing it down, that's, you know, good for you language influences a lot about our emotions both in how we talk to ourselves and others and just pay attention you know um, language is so powerful and the words we use they kind of they carry emotions with them and if you don't believe me just try and just read you know maybe a a list of words and just you know pause for maybe five to ten seconds and notice how you feel and if you're if you are you know, kind of sensitive, you probably notice that if you just reading about words like smile and gratitude and all that will probably make you feel better. And if you read, you know, other horrible words, they will probably make you cringe and feel a little bit uneasy. So that's the power of words and language in general. And then remember how your values affect particular situations and this might help to regulate your emotions. So one that I'm perpetually struggling with is I absolutely adore kind people. I I love people who express kindness. I love myself so much when I'm able to be really kind. But in a pressured environment, like, you know, maybe at work or something, I'm more of a, you know, assertive slash honest slash, you know, scandalous, rebellious kind of character. So I find it hard to kind of, you know, dig into my kindness when it comes to those situations so by kind of remembering how our values influence certain situations what they have to do with them we might be able to regulate our emotions a little bit better and last but not least keep expanding and recombining different strategies and take notes of how they work for you not every strategy works the same for everyone well That was a mouthful. I hope that any of these things were useful to you. I hope you have a little bit of a better understanding of what emotional intelligence is and what you can do to kind of improve if you want to or just to celebrate how awesome you already are at this because, you know, hey, let's be honest, maybe you are. Alrighty. Oh, God, I talked so fast. Well, oh, All right. So um, if any of you are in New York City and want to hang out between June 21st and June 24th, send me a message. Um, my email is chris.t at live, L-I-V-E dot com. All right. chris.t as in trampoline at live dot com. All right. Have a good week. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us out by sharing it with your network and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love to hear from you at Kristen at strengthphoenix.com. For show notes and more, head over to www.strengthsphoenix.com. Oh, hey, and by the way, in case you're wondering why reviews will be helpful, well, You know, iTunes and Stitcher and all of these shows, when they think about how to present the search results. So if somebody is searching, you know, um, happiness or something like that on iTunes, and there's a podcast that has quite a few good reviews, that one will tend to come up at the top. So I would be really, really grateful, especially, you know, I don't want to beg from the people who've maybe checked. Out one or two episodes but if you've you know been on listening for five episodes or more i would really appreciate if you could go to itunes search for the positive psychology podcast and give a rating you know that's with the stars three four five whatever and maybe even a review just mention maybe your favorite episode or what you like about the show i would be really super grateful if you do that all right bye bye Thanks for listening to the Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with happy yogurt.